0: everyone welcome to the i don't know show with joe i'm joe and this is part two of the israeli palestinian conflict with my guest ranel ranel thank you for joining the show i appreciate you inviting me thank you (laughs) (laughs) thank you so i I think
1: uh we were up to the yom kippur war yes um so it's 1973 uh (laughs) Israel is once again under attack, and this time it's on the holiest day of the year for Israel. The, the Arabs chose this day on purpose because they knew that um, Yom Kippur was a very important holiday for the Jews and their guard would probably likely be down. So they, the many of the surrounding Arab nations decided to launch an attack. And um, But once again, Israel was able to... Uh, defeat them and retain their borders.
0: So, what what's been happening this whole time like the the last the war before
1: Yom Kippur War um was which war? Uh it was uh it was the I think it was the 1967 war, 6-day uh, so Be- war. So, yeah. between
0: 6-day war and Yom Kippur War, what's happening? You're saying that the Arabs have been planning this attack uh, um you know, w- w- how long have they been planning the attack? Like, w- where did it come from? Who's been communicating with who? Like, ha- how did they put this whole thing together? This coalition of, of well, Arab uh, countries.
1: Yeah, like I mentioned in the previous um, uh, previous ep- episode, they have this they have this uh, Arab League of Nations essentially okay. at the time, and that's how they sort of meet up and they make all these plans and remember when I told you about the three no's that was at the Arab League summit ah uh, where they who's in about the Arab League that. countries like Egypt Jordan Syria uh, Iraq Lebanon Iran many many of the very well-known uh, mm-hmm. Arab Middle Eastern countries uh, UAE as well yeah okay so so between six-day war and
0: now it's 1973 Yom Kippur War, they've all been plotting together to attack Israel. Yes,
1: and uh, they were defeated once again. Um, But you've, fast forward six years, which is, this gets to a very important landmark in the peace that actually begins to foster between Israel and um, the surrounding Arab nations. So in 1979, um, Menachem Begin, who was the, who he takes over as Prime Minister of Israel.
0: But before we and fast forward to mm-hmm. 1979, what what was the outcome of, of the Yom Kippur War? In ter- uh, obviously Israel won the war, but what what changed? What what facts on the ground changed in terms of borders or
1: land ownership, or what what changed as a result of Yom Kippur War? I think Israel was they were able to retain its borders, and I think they, if I'm not mistaken, I think they expanded a little bit. Mm-hmm. afterwards uh i'm not sure about the specifics but i, I do remember reading a little bit about that mm-hmm. um so yeah that's pretty much it okay um but yeah so uh 1979 there seems to be a breakthrough in you know in the peace talks and um so menachem Begin, who who is elected prime minister he makes a peace accord with with Anwar Sadat, who was the then current president of Egypt. Mm -hmm. And for these peace accords, Israel basically gives up the entire Sinai Desert to Egypt in order to return. uh, in in order, uh, And for return, they get a cold peace with Egypt. And and
0: Sinai Desert, they had captured from the Six-Day War? Yes. Yes. Okay, so they had retained this land from Six-Day War, all which was in uh 57 67 67 yes all the way to 79, uh, 79 mm-hmm. and now they're offering it back in exchange for co- what you say cold a cold piece yeah. okay what does that mean
1: and it means like um just uh well it, you can infer what it means just from the from what it says but it means essentially uh you just do your thing we do our thing no one steps on each other's toes and, and that's it it's not a war and peace would be referring to peop- them actually cooperating and mm-hmm. um, so then it's d- not an ally ship but they agreed to
0: not aggress on each other yeah
1: not to screw with each other pretty okay. much yeah so um, and then afterwards uh, sometime later I'm not sure how many years but uh, afterwards Sadat is then assassinated um, and then in 1982 uh the uh the um the israel lebanon war is uh then uh starts Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of background (laughs) that goes into this war going all the way back to the 70s from black september when the plo were trying to overthrow the jordanian monarchy and the jordanians uh expelled them to lebanon and then the the PLO was then involved in the Lebanese civil war, and then they started using Lebanon as uh, uh, attacking grounds to launch attacks against Israel, and then Israel eventually ends up invading in 1982. So the Lebanon
0: war was initiated by Israel.
1: Yes, they invaded the um, they they invaded Lebanon as a response to the. To the PLO, ro- launching rockets. Uh, I've
0: Israel. heard uh, people say that Israel never initiated a war. So, uh, is that wrong? Did did Israel start this one with Lebanon? Uh,
1: I'm I'm pretty sure Israel was the one who invaded. You know, invaded. But uh, so, for example, um, Six Day
0: War, Israel fired the first shots. So it was a uh, you know the preemptive strike. Right. Is 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 this considered a preemptive? So, I guess... Or is this uh, uh,
1: the initiation of a war? So, I guess what I'm saying is the PLO, they were firing rockets, right, into Israel from Lebanon. So, as a response, Israel then Uh just declares war. Okay. So, PLO was firing rockets from Lebanon. Lebanon technically didn't officially declare war on Israel, correct? Uh, But... The the invasion Israel the declaration of war and the invasion was in response to the PLO's rocket attacks. Gotcha. Yes. And all right. And um, Israel pretty much ends up occupying nearly the entirety of Lebanon, um, but they end up withdrawing because of uh, international pressure. In the end.
0: So they invade and, and then they withdraw. There's there's no significant uh, gains or losses. It's just kind of a stalemate.
1: Yeah, no, Israel. Yeah, Israel ended up just giving all the land back again. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, did the,
0: did the rocket attacks stop?
1: Yeah, they they well actually, they c- I think they continued, or at least PLO presence in Lebanon continued like 1990 i'm not sure about the individual specifics or statistics of the rocket attacks from lebanon um but but yeah what i what i do know is that israel just completely pulled out of uh, lebanon after uh almost conquering the entire country and just giving the land back Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah
0: what about the the west bank i know at some point israel tried to give that back to lebanon was that now? Or or
1: is I think that it was. Was that Jordan? It oh, Jordan. sorry, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, it's Jordan. Um, yeah. Never mind. Uh, Golan Heights. They were never gonna give that back.
1: Oh uh, no, they were never gonna give that, was, Golan Syria, Heights. I'm uh, that was Syria though. Confusing all the countries. That was Syria.
0: That was Syria. <laughs> that was Syria. Uh, <laughs> what I, what land did they have from Lebanon that they gave back? What land?
1: I mean, they got they got as far as the capital. You know, they pretty much uh, they are uh, they pretty much conquered the capital of uh, of lebanon but they uh they just get they ended up giving it back they almost conquered beirut uh-huh. uh, but another thing um i i wouldn't be surprised if um there were still attacks from lebanon against israel e- after they withdrew mm-hmm. because that's generally the pattern you'll see is that israel once israel gives back occupied territory um just terrorist organizations and uh, those who and groups who want uh to see Israel destroyed uh, just take over the territory and then begin using it to launch to launch attacks on israel and the only time this hasn't happened uh was when Israel gave back uh, the Sinai desert to Egypt
0: um, that's the what what about um what about uh, uh, Jordan and, and Syria? They've had a uh, uh, pretty good um, ceasefire, lines, or or peace, or
1: whatever you want to call it. I'm saying them. I'm saying Israel are giving back territory once they've conquered it. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: In exchange for peace.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, under international pressure, they give back the land, and the only time that. Pretty much terrorists or other groups um that just want Israel destroyed the only time that uh they haven't used the territories that Israel has given back as like attacking grounds is when Israel gave uh, Egypt back the Sinai desert Egypt didn't use the Sinai desert to immediately begin launching attacks on israel they had a they actually had a peace so what what do you attribute that to like what why uh why was Egypt unique
0: in this uh land for peace equation
1: honestly it might just be due to their at the time maybe their 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 culture or their it, it wasn't as uh infused with radicalism perhaps as other countries or maybe more the moderate um wing was had a much stronger presence, mm-hmm. as opposed to countries like Iran, where there are literally zero moderates. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's probably what I would attribute it to. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, what happens next? All right. So um, then, uh, to let's again hop forward to the next major event: the first Intifada. Uh, which started in 87. Uh, it was a series of riots, violent confrontations, and terrorist attacks that lasted until like 1991. This is uh, from uh, uh, Palestinians,
0: um, citizens of Israel, or people living in occupied uh, West Bank or Gaza, or all of the above. All of the above. All of the above. So, But we're, we're no longer dealing with People in in Lebanon or 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 Jordan. This is all, uh, you know, people inside uh, Israel or or lands controlled by Israel. Correct.
1: This is the um, this was. It's not a war. It was more of an uprising by yeah uh, citizens. Although terrorist attacks.
0: What was happening between so so the last war, Yom Kippur War, that was with all of the surrounding countries the war before that six day war that was with all the surrounding countries the one before that uh, 1948 war that involved uh, some Palestinians fighting so so from from 1948 until what year are we in now with, with the uh, in Tevada? what year is that we're on 87 1987 so what fighting is there between Israel and the Palestinians because a lot of these wars are external, uh, you know, at least for the most part, right? Six-Day War, Yom Kippur War, Lebanon War. um, Where are the Palestinians in all of
1: those wars? Um, So, in the ones, like the Six-Day War, Yom Kippur War, like, 48 War, they weren't majorly involved with as, like, military powers. Um, In Lebanon War, they... They. That's when they. That was the PLO. That was, the, uh, that was when it started. Uh-huh. Um, but there, there was also Black September, which not they didn't. It wasn't really a war, but r- if you remember the Munich massacre, where mm-hmm. uh, eleven Israeli ath- athletes were killed by the PLO um, in Munich. Yeah, in Munich again, external, um, but but
0: directly involving the Palestinians.
1: Yes, it was. St- they still were directly involved. This is when. <laughs> The '80s were was when the the Palestinians, when that conflict really started to ramp up, because Hamas was formed in the '80s, um, and the uh, and the Fatah was as well. Uh, and Hamas was formed in the '80s. Yes.
0: That that's when they sp- they they like split off from like. Uh, the Fatah? Th- No, th- I no, thought no, they no. split up from like Muslim Brotherhood or something like that or
1: not or islamic uh or jihad, jihad or, islamic or, or like jihad.
0: didn't they split off from a different group
1: yeah there's a there's also a lot <laughs> behind the formation of hamas which yeah. israel actually helped they actually did help yeah although they didn't of course if they like you know hindsight 2020 20, if they knew what hamas would become the threat they'd become they would have never done that in the first place yeah. Well, but they I tried to that's uh,
0: always the problem with meddling cause you don't know Correct. Who, what's going to come <laughs> Correct. Yeah. when you train Osama bin Laden. Yeah. Not I that Israel did that. America did that. Right. When you train Osama bin Laden to do your bidding, <laughs> and then... <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, they they really pulled the United States or USSR with that one. <laughs> they tried doing it in Lebanon, too. They were training these Lebanese militants, like pro-Christian. They were trying to get these this pro-Christian Lebanese um, group into power. Yeah. Uh, but I actually do have, if you don't mind, I do have um, a lot, of, uh, some background on the formation of Hamas.
0: Yeah, is like that is that the time period that we're up to? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the 80s. let's hear it. Uh, so, all right. I guess, I guess, like, what what's the condition of the Palestinians at the moment, right? So, so we've heard, you know, 1948 to to you know the 1960s, they've been displaced. Uh, from a lot of the areas they were living in um, they've been moved to uh, to Gaza maybe to a lesser extent to the West Bank they were already living Yeah. Um, what's, what's their condition I know like for example if you fast forward to 2005 when Israel pulled out of Gaza and they elected Hamas at, at, and then they started launching terrorist attacks that's when they built that wall um, but, but prior to that um, I, there was no wall there. I, there was some kind of border, I assume. Uh, but w- w- what's the what's the state of um, you know Palestinians during this time period in nineteen eighties? What's how
1: are they living right now? Um, I can't really say. <laughs> I, I can't say specifically like. I don't I I don't know what exactly was going through their heads at the time or anything, but the 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 current state of living was probably still still under control of the PLO, mm-hmm. um, but Hamas does not become like a, uh
0: but under control of PLO, but under control like like was Israel fully occupied all the lands or was was PLO fully in control of any area or was it all um uh israeli occupied in 1980s
1: um PLO i think controlled s- still controlled some of the west bank and israel still controlled So some they still
0: of the west had bank. like area A B C like that same system
1: Uh that that was i think that was like later on in the Oslo accords when the Palestinian authority was uh, established Uh-huh uh that's when the they started dividing it up into to areas um but control was still split in the region mm-hmm so if uh, okay so now if you'd like I, yeah, uh, yeah yeah for go me to for go for the, yeah okay so um there were formerly former israeli officials uh quoted uh like uh brigadier general yitzhak segev uh detailing that israel funded hamas as a counterbalance to the plo and the fatah um This is right
0: at their initiation in... uh, What year is this, by the way, again? 1980? Uh, In the early 80s. So Israel
1: was backing them all the way back then? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. They they helped uh, (laughs) the formation. Um, He... The the General Yitzhak Segev, who was the military, Israeli military governor in Gaza in the early 80s, later told a New York Times reporter that he had helped finance the Palestinian Islamist movement as a counterweight to the secularists and leftists of the Palestinian Liberization Organization. Wow. And the Fatah Party, led by Yasser Arafat. Um, wow. And Yasser Arafat even said it himself. He referred uh, Hamas as a creature of Israel. Yeah. Interestingly enough. But what, um, what
0: was the rationale was it all just because Arafat was such a schmuck they were like oh if these people are against him we're going to support him or like did they like what was the rationale
1: so yeah here so here's another quote by a former Israeli official regarding the matter so he said Hamas to my great regret is Israel's creation and his name is Avner Cohen Um, when I look back at the chain of events I think we made a mistake but at the (laughs) time nobody thought about the possible results Uh, Back in the mid-80s, Cohen even wrote an official report to superiors warning them to not play divide and rule in the occupied territories um, by backing Palestinian Islamists against Palestinian secularists. And he said he he wrote that, I suggest focusing our efforts on finding ways to break up this monster before this reality jumps in our face. Uh, I mean, uh, it it did end up jumping in their face (laughs) later on. Um, and they wow. didn't listen to them. However, there are more dea- um. Yeah. Um, so, hold on.
0: That's pretty crazy. There, there there's there's the, more. The, 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 does everybody agree? Um, because, uh, honestly, until this past month, I never heard about Israel's backing of Hamas. Yeah, it's very and interesting. And initially, it sounded like one of these conspiracy theories no, but then they had direct quotes, like the one you just mentioned. There's some quotes from Netanyahu.
1: <laughs> yep. Uh, no, yeah, it was, it was true. It's not a conspiracy theory. Yeah, well, I I just never heard of it before. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> a lot of people haven't. Uh, it was uh, even brought to my knowledge only a few months ago, and then I did research into it. And yeah, yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, Israel deemed um, the. Mujama al-Islamiyah which was like pre-Hamas uh-huh. the organization preceding Hamas they deemed it as a force for good in the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and the PLO at one time is that d-
0: the Muslim Brotherhood? Muslimiyah Jihadia?
1: Mm, they were probably part of some Islamist movement but they ended up uh, but they they were their own separate uh, thing um, so the leader of that organization um of Islamia was Sheikh Yassin and he was a paraplegic clerk and uh, Israel deemed them as a force for good in the Gaza Strip and West Bank. You were asking me about the rationale. right? Yeah. Um, And the PLO deemed them as a collaborator with Israel. Uh, And they, they also deemed um, Gaza's other Islamists as collaborators with Israel, (laughs) funnily enough. So Israel's military, this is, I'm quoting from uh, from uh, an article. Um, so, uh, hold on. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah, Israel's military-led administration in Gaza looked favorabl- favorably upon the paraplegic clerk, Sheikh Yassin, who set up a wide network of schools, clinics, a library, and kindergartens. Sheikh Yassin formed the Islamist group Mujama al-Islamiya, which was officially recognized by Israel as a charity, and then in 1979 as an association. Israel also endorsed the establishment of the Islamic University of Gaza, which it now regards as a hotbed of militancy and terrorism. Uh, the university was one of the first targets hit by Israeli warplanes in the 2008-2009 Operation Cast Lead. Uh, Yassin's Mujama would become Hamas, which it can be argued was Israel's Taliban, and our, an Islamist group whose antecedents had been laid down by the West in a battle against the leftist enemy. Israel jailed Yassin in 1984. How, wait, they considered Arafat a leftist? Yeah, weirdly enough. How? I I, I don't know. Because I, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Israel jailed Yassin in 1984 on a 12-year sentence after the discovery of a hidden arms cache, but he was released a year later. The Israelis must have been worried about other enemies. So, yeah. That is... Uh, well, there's a bit of the background behind the formation of Hamas. Wow, interestingly enough. Yeah, that's
0: that is wild, and that yep. that's more even that I heard before because I I just heard like uh, everyone just keeps quoting Netanyahu, but this is even more like th- like they they were backing them at the beginning. Like the Netanyahu quote is is from like. Two uh, thousand five or six, when they had elections, mm-hmm. Netanyahu was supporting Hamas. But you're saying even in the '80s, when they were formed, yes. Israel supported them.
1: Yeah, which I didn't. Even, I, that's even more. That's crazy. Yeah, because like they thought they didn't think that they would, you know, that they were going to be this super dangerous terrorist organization. The hell, they they thought they thought that they were, uh, you know, they they saw them as like charity almost because they were building schools and and stuff in gaza but in reality they they became they ended up becoming a terrorist group
0: so so hama so so the the really israel thought hamas would be a better government than plo yeah they and it wasn't like to pit them against each other to weaken
1: the whole Palestinian cause. No, it, it was, it was also that. So it was also to weaken the Palestinian cause. But at the same time, Israel saw them as like, okay, these are actually these people are actually like a decent option for for peace in in the Gaza Strip, and they 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 might help develop the area and to actually make it good for their own people, which means. You know that they're probably, (laughs) which means that you know no more PLO and no more conflict, supposedly. But what? But what's their motivation for weakening the Palestinian cause?
0: You know, doesn't that kind of, uh, you know, hamper their argument that oh, we don't have a partner for peace and all that? And and, I mean, don't they want a stable Palestinian government so that they can have peace talks, or are they? (laughs) <laughs> Do they want to not have peace talks?
1: Here's the thing, okay. So this was back in the '80s, right? But also, ask that question to the United States. Ask that question to the USSR. Yeah. You know why? Why are you doing? Why are you playing divide and conquer when you want a stable government in the region? You know why are you pitting? Why are you making these proxy civil wars? Well, I you think know?
0: when when it comes to United States, like they they wanted resources, they wanted oil. They wanted to defeat communism. They mm-hmm. didn't want communism to spread. Uh, you know they were they were, you know but but you um, I, I know I'm am ag- against all of that. But it's weird right. for Israel to be playing those games because they're in it. Like America at least is distant. They could like oh we're, we're so far away. We're gonna play all these games. If it doesn't work out. It doesn't work out. It's just more you know yeah <laughs> more brown lives lost or whatever whatever they're gonna say but like israel's like there you know yeah, Israel, they can't really afford to fuck around
1: like that nah you'd be I, surprised israel's <laughs> done a lot of very interesting things over and interesting covert operations uh-huh. over the years uh i don't know if you know about the levon affair um, i don't <laughs> you should you should probably look that up it's uh but this doesn't really have much to do with the, what we're really talking about, but but like organizations like the Mossad, right, have done. Um, I saw the Elie
0: Cohen documentary on, on Netflix with Sacha Baron Cohen. That was very yeah. good.
1: Yeah, they've done very foxy things over the years. Uh huh. Um, and I guess this this was one of them pitting pitting the Islamists against each other because probably at that point Israel was. Uh, was was very <laughs> tired of the PLO being this uh sort of thorn in their side for many years at this point and uh and they were just like oh you, you know let's here's a good solution let's um get this other group that we perceive as better they also tried doing this in uh, in Lebanon you know so they already have a history an established history of doing this let's try and get this group that we favor over the other to try to uh, kick them out and not lose any Israeli soldiers or lives, and just get these people to do it for us—that was probably what their mindset was. Yeah, back then. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, it didn't work out too well.
0: Okay, interesting. So, so Hamas forms. Israel is. Uh, what kind of support are they giving to Hamas? Is it just? Verbal? Are they giving them money? Are they giving them. Like, how, how are they actually supporting them?
1: Yeah, like, um, things like, uh, just, uh, material aid, uh, as well as, um, financial. Uh, generally, just, just generally helping them become established in the region, um, and letting them pretty much <laughs> have, uh, have their own way. Uh huh. And and yeah, uh, the, again, like I said, Israel recognized them as a charity at one point, as well. So yeah, I I, I have no doubt in my mind Israel was <laughs> was giving them money as well. Yeah. Hmm. Wow,
0: that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay, so so Hamas was formed. So oh okay, so we were talking about first Intifada. So now now we're in nineteen eighty seven nine.
1: But not yeah no sorry. Now we're in the
0: uh, 1987. 1987. So Hamas has been around for a while. Is Hamas the one carrying the intifada or is it PLO? Uh
1: so the intifada was it was mo- it was still mostly instigated by the PLO. The PLO was still the m- I think the the main force in the region. Uh I think the the early 2000s I think late 90s early 2000s would see the decline of the plo because i guess the palestinian people were just not happy with it and then in 2005 they decided to elect hamas into power um so yeah the first intifada was from it's actually from 87 and it lasted all the way until 93 interestingly enough Oh wow, it was like um, 6 years almost. That's a long period of time. And what was happening
0: cuz I know Second Intifada was uh, uh you know is more infamous. What
1: what was happening during First Intifada? Uh so the the First Intifada was um it was a series of uh, a lot of riots, a lot of boycotts as well. Um th- it was a l- just a lot of civil unrest, uh civil disobedience, violence. Um, there was, you know, throwing of stones, Molotov cocktails, um, I think petrol bombs too. Mm -hmm. Um, it was
0: all in the, in the form of protests that got out of hand or was it like specific terrorist
1: attacks? It was, it was, it was a civilian uprising. So basically riots and protests that got out of hand. Uh, it was actually, and funnily enough, it was, um, it was triggered it began um, in response to uh, to an incident where an IDF uh, truck collided with a civilian car which killed four Palestinian workers Um, so that was the the impetus that was the George Floyd moment right and it actually began in the uh, Jabalia refugee camp which was um, I learned about that last week yes And, and three of those who were killed were from the refugee camp it's Again, it's funny. Remember you mentioned... I remember you yeah. mentioning last time that there were refugee camps in... In Gaza. Gaza.
0: But but, but at least then, in... Uh, we're in where 1989 to 1995. Um, uh, Palestinians were not in control of Gaza. That was still occupied by Israel. Mm-hmm. So, right. at least then, um, it
1: makes a little bit more sense than now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Um many Palestinians uh, said that the collision was a deliberate response for the killing of an Israeli in Gaza days earlier um, and of course, Israel denied that the uh, that the crash was intentional or coordinated, but still that basically s- that was the thing that set that set everything off so so there were riots for seven,
0: eight years yep and what what I mean what's the backdrop here like what were the palestinians demanding um for for eight years what were they demanding uh you know because they don't protest for for no reason you protest because you want some action to be taken you know and i i i, I guess like where are we at in terms of peace talks has has, has bill clinton in the picture yet like wh- like where are we in terms of Israel and uh, Palestinian leadership discussing uh, plans for the future. W- w- what's happening in that arena? Uh,
1: so, yeah, I think I think during the Intifada was when uh, Bill Clinton, Arafat. Uh, that's in the '90s, of course. That's when the uh, Oslo Accords uh, begin to uh, take take form. Uh, and the prime minister that? in Israel is who Sharon. Uh yes sir. Or Netanyahu. Mm. Actually the fu- okay, so funnily enough, um the Oslo Accords, it was nineteen ninety three. It wasn't actually Bush, it was uh, no, not it wasn't Clinton, it was George H. W. Bush uh-huh. uh who initiated it. Uh it was in nineteen ninety three uh mm-hmm. where when the Oslo Accords were signed. Um and I and you were asking me like what the Palestinians wanted to gain out of it, and what what did the what did the Oslo Accords what did they say? Uh, uh, no, I'll get to that. But you asked me a previous question like yeah. what were the Palestinians trying to to gain? Yes, um, probably trying to. Um, they were probably trying to just they 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 didn't want Israeli presence in the region anymore. Uh, they, according to. Um, A Palestinian-American clinical psychologist, Mubarak Awad, the Intifada was a protest against Israeli repression against the Palestinian citizens, which included beating, shooting, killings, house demolitions, uprooting of trees, deportations, expended imprisonments, and detentions without trial. Um, So the the Palestinians were probably very frustrated, very angry, against... uh, the israeli government um but also at the same time i i feel like that uh that a, a lot of the um the backlash against uh the israeli response against the palestinians uh, at the time in the first intifada was um pretty pretty unjustified literally thousands of people uh, marching on um on like IDF controlled uh, places with Molotov cocktails bombs th- throwing tons of rocks Thou- like thousands thousands of people try um doing that and and they and people expect uh, you know everything to be handled uh, uh, uh perfectly and then no one to be injured and you know Israelis used tear gas they also use lethal force at many points yeah as well um and i just I I just feel like a lot of the international response was very, um, you know, I feel like they wouldn't say it. There wouldn't be so much backlash if it was another country, you know?
0: Right. And I think that's like a common refrain, right? The Israel responds to violence and, Everybody condemns it in a way that's unfair, that they wouldn't hold anybody to that standard. But I think what doesn't get discussed often is why were the Palestinians brought to that level of, of carrying out that initial violence? Like, and, and I think that's a question that is at the heart of this whole conflict, because we always look at it once they start throwing rocks and Israel responds, but... I mean, it's it's just like I feel like we're always skipping the part of what about these people that are are living in refugee camps? Again, I, I don't know why they still have refugee camps, but what are all these people that have been displaced by Israel that have certain demands and claims and they... You know, th- there are deals on the table. I guess we're coming up to Oslo Accords, but what I, I don't know what's been happening up until this point. And I don't know uh, every time a Palestinian leader says they refuse to make a deal, but, like, do they really speak for the rest of the Palestinians? Like, uh, how, how hard is Israel trying to make this inroads with, uh, with people who aren't Yasser Arafat? I mean, Yasser Arafat maybe is a schmuck, but yeah, maybe he's
1: the schmuck with the guns. He's the schmuck with the power. That's He's the a thing. schmuck
0: with the with the power, but yeah. uh you know, Hamas was being formed, there's other groups, there's uh, there's imams, there's uh, grassroots. I mean, there's multiple pathways to peace. Uh, everyone thinks when I say that let's make peace, they that, that that translates in their head to negotiation and then that translates In their head to we don't negotiate with terrorists we don't have a peace partner etc and that could be valid yeah maybe a terrorist isn't a good peace partner but i feel like israel should be trying harder to find the
1: peace partners and uh propping up hamas well (laughs) here's the the issue oh yeah obviously propping up hamas was a massive mistake (laughs) in the 80s yeah you know um but let's say israel finds a we're just let's put like some hypothetical peaceful palestinian organization that's in like best based in gaza or the west bank right yeah yeah what will that do what that does is you have to start
0: somewhere okay and the the what what's so bad about this whole situation is every time palestinians are born they are brainwashed or indoctrinated or taught or learned however you want to frame it from the moment of their birth that Israel and Jews are evil and that their life mission is to kill them and they have plenty of uh, uh, empirical evidence to support that yes um, and so they're brought up in a, an environment that is uh, substandard and they have a very easy Party to blame it on, which is Israel, and Mm -hmm. maybe their blame would be better placed on their leaders, Hamas, PLO, whatever you want to say. But it's very easy for PLO, Hamas, etc., to make the case that Israel is the reason that they're in this situation, and if they have family members, who and a majority, probably of them, have family members who have been killed by Israel, whether. Directly because they were terrorists, or indirectly as collateral damage, and they grow up knowing that Israel has killed their family members, and they're I- impoverished, and life sucks, and they have somebody to blame it on, and this is taught in their education system by UNRWA-funded schools, yes, um, and so they're brought up this way, and and if you find an organization in Gaza or in West Bank uh a Palestinian organization that's actually dedicated to peace to correcting uh you know these wrongs and trying to move forward in a peaceful way then I think Israel has to partner with them and maybe the next step isn't obvious where do you go from there good question maybe you find more organizations like that maybe the organization does more outreach I don't know but israel should be looking for those types of people let's say there's an imam at a mosque uh that is preaching uh something that could actually be good for peace you know because most of these are preaching um hate and you know you could say justifiably so or not whatever but if there are ones that could be partners and, and by the way israel has to do it in a way because if if Hamas finds out you're collaborating with Israel that's a death sentence so exactly. this is extremely complicated i'm not saying that it's easy right but somebody has to
1: try i think <laughs> i think you kind of outlined a lot of the reasons why it's just it's very improbable that it will even have a have an impact to 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 negotiate with with an organization that doesn't have any power have any control of the region Well will you're that not
0: exactly exactly you're not negotiating with them that's why that's the wrong word you're building coalition Fine. you're building support you're spreading the message of peace and you know it, it doesn't take um, uh, you, you, I, I, you're not going to negotiate with Hamas you'll negotiate we'll release ha- prisoners you'll release terrorists uh, uh, kidnappers uh, kidnap people but it's not. Um, that's not like a, a negotiation. That's that. That's not uh, a solution for peace. When you talk about peace, it's how can you and I get along, mm-hmm. and whatever. Like you can make it sound hippy dippy and and whatever. But like, I I don't know what the alternative is other than, I mean. Whatever. I didn't want to break apart from the narrative. I know we're up to Intifada number one, but you know, if there's a right. number one, that means there's also a number two, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because
1: yes. and then, you know this thing it's goes on a forever. Whole another can of worms. Yeah. I mean, um, so you also kind of answered your own question with why? Why were the Palestinians so uh, aggressive and protesting? Because they—that's how they were indoctrinated. That's the, thats the PLO. The PLO is in control. They just constantly preach and um, and preach hatred and, and violence against uh, Israel and the Jews. That's what they've been doing for the past God knows how long. Ever, ever since their formation in 67. That's been ingrained in the mind of so many people for the past 70 years almost. The past 60, 70 years ingrained in the mind of, of so many Palestinian Arabs Jews. Jews are bad. Jews are evil. Jews Need to die, you should be killed, and I will say I actually do appreciate your sentiment of of wanting of like actually negotiating with people who are uh, organizations not like you said not negotiating but yeah. talking <laughs> with right yeah
0: if you can't stop talking
1: I appreciate the the sentiment but but like at the same time we'll, that won't one that might get that will get somewhere if an organization like Hamas is not in power if they're in power they there's just not much they can do that's
0: true but like like if Israel finds organizations to partner with Then you can have this stuff bubbling up under the surface. And then as soon as Hamas is out of power, now you have somebody willing to take over that has good... It's always good to build goodwill. It's never a waste, you know, even if it can't be effective right away. As soon as Hamas is out of power, if the next people taking over have had this building up for a long time, they can just take over and that would be, you know, a, a much better situation. Yeah.
1: So... Speaking of that, I think that's actually a really good tie-in to something that happened in the years before the Oslo Accords. Uh-huh. Funnily enough, so 1993, uh, both Yasser Arafat and Yitzhak uh, Rabin signed the Oslo Accords, which was um, which was pushed by George Bush or H.W. Bush rather, and uh, so. And now the Oslo Accords are known as one of the least successful international negotiations in the history of international politics. So, Wow. Yeah. So the first Palestinian expectation was that the Oslo process would bring to a halt the construction and expansion of Israeli settlements in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. Now, the second expectation centered around increased economic development in Palestinian society, lifting Palestinians out of crushing poverty, and narrowing the gap in living standards between them and the Israelis that many Palestinians thought humiliating and enraging. Israeli expectations mostly centered on security. Decades of Palestinian terrorism had led to many Israelis to fear that relinquishing control over the West Bank and the Gaza Strip Would leave Israel exposed to hostile Palestinian movements, who would use the territories as springboards from which to launch terrorist attacks well within Israel. This is why Israel cares a lot, or is is very um, um, how do I say this, Um, very anal about the the occupied territories because because it's a massive security threat about Gaza and the West Bank
0: yeah i mean they
1: say that um
0: w- the security threat in in terms of uh having to maintain land to protect the, b- the borders or a security threat in terms of giving palestinians control and then they can use those as bases to launch rockets which one or both uh, wait what was the first one again is it a security threat in terms of uh just strategic locations to be able to protect their borders or is it security threat in terms of, we don't trust these people to uh, live in these places and and be peaceful. And as we've seen from the withdrawal from Gaza that, you know, the security uh, threat that was enabled was more so the latter
1: of. Yeah. I think it's the most pretty much mostly the distrust. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because if it was as important as the Golan Heights, I don't think they would have relinquished. The territory. Right, because that's like a strategic... Yes, that is, that is a very key strategic um, defensive uh, territory for Israel. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just more so the fact that Israel just does not trust them, and they have very good reason to. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, so as I was saying, uh, Israel was afraid that... Um, they would use these territories as springboards from which to launch a terrorist attacks well within Israel. So the Oslo agreements were uh, to assuage these fears by establishing a Palestinian authority that would consider organizations such as Hamas and Islamic Jihad as a threat to its own existence, thus aligning Israeli interests in fighting terrorism with the interests of the Palestinian leadership. This is when the PLO becomes the PA. Uh Uh, So, soon after the agreement, Israeli intelligence observed that the number of Palestinians in arms and the types of armaments being brought into Palestinian Authority territory were significantly exceeding the limits established by the agreements. This led to the suspicion that Arafat was constructing an offensive army rather than a police force. But the greatest Israeli anger was elicited by the fact that the Palestinian Authority was doing very little to prevent terrorist attacks emanating from its territory. The Palestinian Authority is a corrupt oligarchy that heavily damages the economy of its own country with its corruption and are known terrorist supporters and conspirators. It refused to take steps towards disarming terrorist militias, permitted terrorist organizations to operate open offices in its territory, and either refused to arrest terrorists or would adopt a policy of revolving door arrests, placing terrorists in prison for a handful of days and then releasing them. As terrorist attacks against Israelis exacted a heavy toll on civilians killed and wounded, the entire conception that had been presented to Israelis of the Oslo process, creating efficient Palestinian security teams that would be better than Israeli soldiers in combating terrorism, collapsed. Palestinian expectations that they couldn't be expected... No, no, not sorry. Palestinian explanations that they couldn't be expected to be collaborators and fight against their own people rang hollow to Israeli ears in the face of civilian deaths. So as a result of this, Israel then began to um, uh, once again establish uh, settlements and continued um, uh, with the occupied territories in which the Palestinians were then angry about and then yeah, conflicts just continued. Um, So, many incidents caused the Israeli public to wonder whether Arafat and the Palestinian Liberization Organization had ever truly intended to lay down arms and seek negotiated peace agreements rather than an armed struggle. Immense arms supplies to the Palestinian Authority were made public, captured documents indicated Palestinian Authority support for terrorist infrastructures, and Palestinian policemen took up arms against Israeli soldiers. Mm -hmm. So, for Israelis, this was the ultimate breach of agreement, rendering it moot. So Israel once again redeployed the military and occupied the West Bank and began exet- expanding its settlements once again. And so, yeah. So, uh, so Israel was not occupying the West Bank until this point. It it began retracting its um, its uh, its presence and uh-huh. and and let the Palestinians kind of do their own thing. And then once this started, they were just like, yeah, no, we we're, we're gonna. We're going to start occupying again and building settlements. Uh Ah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the West Bank was divided in this really complicated arrangement into three zones labeled areas A, B, and C. This is all part of the Oslo agreement? Yes. Uh, With complete Palestinian authority, control in area A, complete Israeli control over area C, and joint responsibilities in area B, which was intended to provide civilian Palestinian rule alongside Israeli security control. Yeah, what does that mean? I honestly don't know. I, I don't know. Like yeah. it, it's like Israelis control it militarily, but Palestinians have their own government. I'm really not sure. Interesting. What it was supposed to mean. Uh, like I said, the Oslo Accords were not a particularly amazing peace agreement. Um, but that's been what, what has ever lasted, right? Uh, yeah. A, B and a, C a, B and are still C. a thing. Yeah. Relatively speaking. Yeah. It's, it's almost exactly the same. Uh, so the PA, the Palestinian Authority so, so Area C Is Israeli
0: Full Israeli control Right? Uh, yeah, full Israeli control is in Area C And Is, is Area C Where all the settlements get built? Uh, mm. Are there any settlements in Area Obviously
1: not A Are there any settlements in Area B? uh in area b i have to i have to look at the map again of uh settlements and i also i don't know if there's a map that shows the specific like it says areas a b and c of the Oslo Accords, and then also shows the settlements of uh of israel that's uh i'd have to (laughs) i have to do even more yeah no no worries i uh, Um, i was just curious because i
0: was wondering like how how that works and it, it is the reason for a b and c because uh, w- w- at the end of the day if you talk about two-stage sol- solution which uh it, was that part of oslo accords or does that come
1: later actually probably so i think that um the settlements push into area b which is like israeli controlled but also palestinian government so that's probably why the um People always bring up like, oh, ah, Israel okay. is violating these policies or these so treaties or in U.N. agreements. You so know. in,
0: in two-state solution, Area C is part of Israel or, or Area C is part of Palestine? In the Oslo Accords area? When people talk about two-state solution. Oh.
1: I mean, I don't know specifically what they're referring
0: to. Well, each time it's like a different – it's like a little bit different each time, but yeah. – uh, I think it's mostly like around um I think people refer a lot, a lot, usually to 67 borders. That's usually what people say as inter like people who say the Palestinians would be fine with 67 borders even though they I wouldn't. think that's been on the table several times
1: but it's been it's been even better. They've Israel has offered them even better deals than what was in yeah. 67 and the Palestinians rejected it.
0: But I'm saying so 67 borders. Uh-huh. Does that include Area C, or is that excluded? Mm. Is the whole West Bank is outside of 67 borders.
1: I think no. Israel Israel captured uh, almost the entire West Bank uh, in the 67 War. Right. Well, well, when they say 67
0: borders, they think they mean pre 67, right? Right.
1: Uh, like 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 this, right?
0: Um yeah, so Judea and Samaria, I mean that's the whole West Bank, right? So Yeah. Got it. All right. So anyways, I didn't mean to derail, but yeah. um so area A, B and C, yeah.
1: Mhm. Um so the Palestinian Authority was then it was confined to like 50% of the West Bank. Uh, and then Israeli military roadblocks were established on the roads between Palestinian cities for security. Um, all the all the PLO and the PA had to do in the Oslo Accords as well, they 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 had to just acknowledge Israel's right to exist, and they just, I mean, they said they would, but they 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 really didn't. They really didn't. They were they were, um, they were uh, how do I say? They were supplying themselves with arms and ammunition. They were, they were continuing to educate their children in in uh, in terrorism and violence, and um, and yeah. Funnily enough, there there was uh, in nineteen ninety eight, Israel once again tried to make concessions with the Y River Agreement, and once again, Palestinians rejected it. And you have to people people have to understand that Israel doesn't want to. Govern or be in control of these millions of Palestinians in the West Bank or Gaza. They don't. They don't. It's it's far too. They'd be putting putting their soldiers in danger. They they would be. Um, it, it would oh, it would just be a complete waste of resources. And Israel does not want to get involved in that. They want to just. They want um, the Palestinians to to govern themselves, pretty much successfully, at,
0: or at the but very so least. So they want it now but they've always when they, wanted it. well when they supported
1: Hamas they were, were trying to weaken them they were trying to weaken the PLO so that they could bring um the organization that was previous that was would later become Hamas into power so that they would govern but uh, um, didn't you say an ulterior motive was to weaken the whole cause i said weaken the PLO oh weaken the PLO PLO okay Yes, the PLO that's Got it. what that's what it is yeah um not weaken the cause of Palis- of uh, Palestinians having their own government, Israel wants that more than anything to be completely they want the Palestinians to have to be able to govern themselves but but they don't want it to be <laughs> what they, they what they don't want is a terrorist organization or an organization like the p l o uh, to be in power so that they can just continue launching terrorist attacks against israel well i mean i I like that
0: um but uh, Netanyahu, when he supported Hamas in 2005 mm-hmm. or th- six, whenever they had the election, mm-hmm. it seemed like the motive was to weaken the entire cause so that he couldn't have a peace partner.
1: What, like he wanted the Hamas to, um, to like um, just, there would be a civil war and then Israel would come in and just swoop and just destroy like divide and conquer pretty much or not just to to be able to
0: divide the West Bank and Gaza so that they were not unified and so that they couldn't present a uh a, a unified front I'm, I'm trying to find uh the quote but uh, Netanyahu mm-hmm. was
1: uh quoted um well I mean that makes sense be honest it makes sense for him to want that okay well it, it,
0: it could make sense um but it can't simultaneously mean that israel is dedicated to the palestinians having a stable government so they can i
1: mean uh, listen i don't think they conflict with each other i don't think israel's they're actively trying to form a stable government within palestine that's what they would wish would happen it's, but it's not some. It's not like an active goal that they're really pursuing within Gaza or Palestine. I'm sure the Israeli government would just wish that uh, the Palestinians would leave them alone, but that's just not the case. That they'd be able to govern themselves and whatnot. That's what the. I, I should have phrased that better. I'm sorry. Uh, but no, I, I, yeah. I'm
0: just saying, like, uh, you know, if if you're saying that Israel wants um the Palestinians to have stable leadership so that they can negotiate a, a peace with them. Um but at the same time people like Netanyahu and, and others are supporting Hamas in order to weaken their whole uh the whole cause so that in order to continue
1: destabilizing them basically. Right. Yeah that's uh yeah, no, that's also another um that was like in the 80s, right, where Israel was but was Netanyahu was he saying directly to support Hamas like financially or with aid or or None. what? Or was he just kind of like rooting for them to take over Gaza instead of the PLO? Kind of. That's that's
0: my, okay. my that's my impression is that they wanted Hamas to take over Gaza so that uh, the, the you know, the PA was in West Bank and they'd fight with each other and they would just get a uh, weekend and, and the two state solution would be off the table.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you find the, uh, Netanyahu quote? I'm having a hard time finding it. Oh. Um, but regardless, I think that, I think that, uh, you know, uh, this time they're not exactly playing, uh, you know, proxy war. This time they're just kind of secretly hoping. That <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think Netanyahu ever directly supported Hamas like Israel actually did in the '80s. I don't. I just think that that Netanyahu was just hoping that you know things would work out the way he he quoted them. At least in your quote. Yeah, I don't know why it's so. Uh
0: hard to find it but this is this is what i've seen attributed to benjamin netanyahu and i cannot confirm the accuracy of of this quote but i'll tell you the quote um but you might want to fact check whether he actually said this or not but this is a quote attributed directly to benjamin netanyahu and he says anyone who wants to thwart the establishment of a palestinian state has to support bolstering Hamas and transferring money to Hamas. This is part of our strategy to isolate the Palestinians in Gaza from the Palestinians in the West
1: Bank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think what he's probably referring to is not just like a... uh, Probably he's just referring to um, um, them not having a unified front, like the PA or Hamas having being in control of the west bank and gaza simultaneously he doesn't want either of them to be but i don't think i think if there was a legitimate okay, legitimately competent and peaceful government that was uh in power in one of the regions i think israel would probably support them
0: mm-hmm. okay um right now i think i think we might have to do part three because <laughs> what year are we
1: up to? Well, um, I was on the Y River Agreement. We did the Oslo Accords, right? Yeah. So we're at ninety-eight. We're ninety-eight. We're at ninety-eight. Uh-huh. Yep. Can we get Can
0: we get through twenty-five years quickly, or or is no? <laughs>
1: <laughs> nope. Oh my god. Nope. There's but wait, there's more. You know. But these 25 years are the m- the ones which I talk about the most because they're the most recent. Yeah. So there's more detail uh, regarding those conflicts that I'll go over. Okay. Yeah. you okay
0: doing part three? Yep. Okay. Why the heck not? Renell, we're getting to the end of our time here on part two of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. What is one thing, if you had to choose one thing, that you want me and all of our listeners to know?
1: Um... I would probably hmm, I'd have to think about this one for a bit <laughs> to know hmm uh, oh yeah, one thing I think I'd like everyone to know is that i I don't see a way that there will be peace until um, uh, organizations like Hamas and the PLO and the PA there won't be peace unless those organizations are removed from power there will not be any peace because their fundamental ideology is that Israel's existence is an is an injustice is an injustice it's an affront to god that is their core ideology and until those organizations are not in power anymore there will not be peace because i i don't believe that they will give up that that core value of theirs you know that they've been indoctrinating their own children with for the past god knows how long um so i think that is the only potential solution for for stability in the region
0: now unfortunately i know (laughs)